0: Do you have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen... Our next guest is Curtis L. Jenkins, who's an author, an award-winning project management professional, a keynote speaker, a Forbes contributor, and a philanthropist. But he's also an innovator business advisor who focuses on servicing small to medium-sized companies. He specializes in enabling client growth, working directly with business owners, with direct coaching, and also developing and leading their advert advisory boards. Welcome, Curtis.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Well, recently you wrote a book, that is influencing a lot of people with what you call the realization framework. What do you mean by that? And why did you write that book?
1: Yeah, so um, this is my second book, actually. And I wrote the first book called The Only Job Search Book You'll Ever Need. And I wrote that book because I got laid off and I applied principles where I don't look for jobs, they look for me. So I sat down with a marketing group and what I thought was the second installation of that book. Well, they interviewed me and asked me a number of stories, uh, a number of questions, and I started telling my stories. And the stories sort of gravitated from, say, employment and finding a job to more of how I was helping small businesses just as a coach on, on the side. And they said, that's the interesting story you should tell. And so that's what made me say, OK, well, let me look at my years of working with these small businesses and also combining with my large and mid-sized business experience and pull all the documentation together. And lo and behold, I had a body of work. And so they convinced me to put it together and, and write it. And so then it was, how do I make the transition for the small business owner? The ones that I've been coaching, I sort of had this process, and but the process just didn't have a really good name for it, something that people can relate to and understand so that it bridges the gap between a small business owner behaving like a big business owner so that they can grow their businesses to seven and eight figures and i had already trademarked the art and science of vision to reality and that was going to be actually the name of the book but you know after some coaching and working with others and key people in the industry i came up with what i call the realization framework experience because there's five steps in that you know it goes from vision evaluating people, calculating cash flow, developing or clarifying through a clear plan, and then realizing. And so I said, this is an easy way for people to understand, and I'm going to trademark this thing. (laughs) And
0: we're going to go into each of those in a bit more depth. But how does it feel to have brought your life work to life, so to speak?
1: Oh, yeah. So it feels tremendous, especially especially when my own personal vision is to help 1,000 small businesses a year. And so why do you want to do that, Curtis? Well, look, roughly half of the private workforce works for small businesses, which makes which makes up 99% of the businesses in the U.S. So how do you go from being successful to significant? That's a good way to make an impact. And so I wrote the body of work so that the body of work can be there when I'm not. So that people can learn, understand and thrive. And if I can help a small business owner feed their family uh, just because I can teach them something, you know, teach, uh, don't, don't show, uh, don't give it to them, but feed them a fish. I forget what the parable is. My apologies. But, (laughs) but you understand what I'm saying. If you
0: give a person a fish, they just have
1: a fish today. That's right. But if you
0: teach them how to
1: fish. You'll have fish forever. That's right. And I wanted to just give out as much fish as I could with my stories. (laughs) So so how
0: far off are businesses today from reaching their mark?
1: Well, that's uh, it's not an easy question, but I'll tell you my experience. My experience says that when people go into business, they really they're passionate about what they do. They're passionate about what they offer and they go into it with the mindset that, you know, they don't want to work for somebody, but they're going to be financially free. And so that gap or that distance or how far off is that I find that what they've done is they went from a 40 hour a week job to an 80 an hour a week job versus if not more, if not more running a business. And I was being generous when I said 80 hours a week. Right. So. businesses are far off because they're not making the connection to their vision and have a clear path to it. And then when other people in the business ecosystem come along, they should just fit in like a puzzle piece. But if you don't understand how to give them their role in it and they don't buy into it and they don't have purpose with it, then they're not going to make it. Or if they don't have the cash flow, right? And, And just getting a bucket of money does not make you successful. You got to understand how that money will transform your business. And so you need that education. So the businesses that I've worked with, uh, they were far off, <laughs> but not so much after. <laughs> okay,
0: so let's go through those five five processes that you find are so important.
1: Okay, so uh, let me re- re- rephrase them first. So it's visualize, evaluate, Uh, calculate, clarify, and realize. Okay, so let's go through step number one. Step number one, visualize. So visualize is how do you become more of an inspirational leader and champion to the people in your business because you know exactly where you're going. And even to yourself, right? Coming up with a compelling vision, seeing what the destination is, and being able to articulate that destination. Uh, to give you an example, um, I, I have uh, clients that first start off talking about their vision being in monetary terms, right? So I want to be a $12 million business. And okay, why that number? It's just random. That does not motivate your employees. But you get a vision where you say, look, I want to become the largest minority supplier, uh, the minority contracting firm in the uh, east coast right and so you know that people can say okay I want to be a part of that Um, and and there's so many different ways like for me I want to help a a thousand small businesses uh, realize their vision and missions for their businesses okay well Curtis how are you going to do that and then you talk about what are your goals and objectives that you build off of that and then what do you need so that's what I mean by vision, having a clear view of where you're trying to go. Can
0: you give an example from one of the companies that you've worked with?
1: Yeah, so that was, I, I just gave you one where it says, um, I want to be the uh, largest minority construction firm in the East Coast. There's, a, there's another part to that. And I want to pattern our business after Turner Construction. So now you have something that you can say, well, I know what they look like. And, you know, so what I did with this particular company is I went, I moved into the evaluate space and I looked at their org chart and Turner's org chart and I color-coded it. And the business owner had all the hats, or most of the hats, where Turner Construction had everybody having a role and a group and a team. And I said, if you want to be that you can't be all these hats. Right? That's so, very
0: important because right. if you're wearing two hats, you end up doing too many roles and you can't do all of them.
1: Well, uh, there's another one of those sayings that maybe you'll, you'll, you'll correct me, but if you're an Eagle and you chase two rabbits, <laughs> you'll be very you, hungry. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: You end up catching none. That's right. That's right. So, um, and so, If we go into the second one, evaluate, it's about your business ecosystem and the people that are part of your team and organizing in a way that once you say what your vision is, looking at either the fact that you don't have anybody or you have a team, can that team get you there and evaluating each one of the people, their roles and their actions and their skills. And then you either have to upskill, replace, and you have to fill in the bodies that you need, the extra bodies that, let's say, the Turner Construction has uh, when you grow your business, when you hit your revenue targets to continuously grow your business. So, I mean, that's the visualize and that's part of the evaluate. I'll stop there to see if you have any questions. Otherwise, I'll continue on. So
0: so we have our visualization. Yeah. Now, are we going on to a second point with evaluation or is that still part of the visualization
1: process? No, no. I, I had went on to second, to the second point, right? So cool.
0: But I just wanted to be sure. So yep. our listeners are following us, us completely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we've gone to the evaluation. Do you want to add
1: more to the evaluation process? So the evaluation process again focuses on your current people ecosystem. Do you have all the right people in place? Do you have an accountant, a lawyer? Do you have all the right skill sets? Are the people performing that you have at the level that you need them to? Do they understand the vision? And so you have to develop sort of a gap plan with people as well. And so that's what the evaluate is. Evaluate your employees, your team members, your customers, your suppliers, Uh, And your advisors, whether they're formal or not, but what in your business ecosystem, how can the people help you get there? That's huge. So is there a third process you'd like to go through? The third is uh, calculate. And this is about cash flow. And so evaluating, uh, I'm sorry, most small businesses fail because they don't understand cash flow. Uh, I'm often asked uh, or told how much money people say they think they need for their company. And I like to ask this question, how do you know? Show me your books. When are you going to pay it back? How much are you willing to give up? And those are hard questions. And so after digging a little bit deeper, I say, show me your financial reports Show me what you do and what you evaluate on a quarterly basis, or even a monthly or a weekly basis. And I'm finding that they're not, they're not behaving like big businesses do. In my experience in corporate uh, America, you always go over your numbers. You share those numbers. You look at the gap plan between what your target was or is and where you ended up. And then you have to answer for what you're going to do to make up that difference, Right and what the market conditions are and and things like that to to make you refocus your strategy. So when I talk to small businesses, I find that they are struggling with just living and it's a term that I use payroll to pay payroll, right? Because we've heard the term living paycheck to paycheck. And the experience that I have is when people are looking for money, they're really looking for ways that they can employ their workforce while they work through something else Uh, to get to the next level.
0: Well, that's important because, you know, small businesses are cash flow intensive, at least
1: for a couple of years. Absolutely. And so I do a cash flow exercise. And that exercise is, let's look at, uh, first of all, what are our targets, right? So an example of a business where we said we were going to do $5 million a year. Um, break that down into a week. That's $96,000 a week in top line sales. Okay, so now you have your targets, okay? And then how are we going to get there? Who's the people that's going to participate in that exercise in the sales? But every week, how did we do? Did we get the 96,000? Okay, if we didn't, what happened? What do we need to do to remediate? And what's the exercise to, to make up? Because we got to go in the next week as well. And it's those exercises that you have to do from a cash flow planning perspective. And are you bringing in enough money to cover it on the expense side? So we also look at the expenses and do some exercises to make sure that we root out all the expenses that are non-necessary. And if you have to make a decision on when to spend the next dollar, We develop a democratic way or a way, a process in order to say, this is how I'm going to spend it. But business is all cash. It's cash and people.
0: For sure. Now, what is the fourth point
1: on your list? The fourth point is called clarify, and that's clearing the fog. So you got this great vision. You think you have the people lined up to it, and you have the dollars lined up to it, but you need a good plan. I alluded to part of the planning in that you break down all your tasks into daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual activities, as it relates to the budget that you created, your cash flow, the people, and so the root of who I am and what I do is is in planning, right? So this is my sweet spot. This is the way that I challenge everyone when they say they have a dream. And they want to get somewhere, the art and science of vision to reality. I help them break that down. And so you come up with a plan that's going to uh, help you manage your budget. You come up with a plan that allows you to meet with your people on a weekly basis to review uh, the plans. You come up with a plan, you come up with a risk mitigation plan. You got I mean, who knew there was going to be a pandemic? No one. Um, but now that you've had that experience. How do you say to yourself, if I have something so devastating, what am I going to do? And how do I plan for that, right, with reserves? Uh, what if the government will not offer loans anymore? How do I plan for that? Um, and so just position, positioning yourself to be able to behave in the way that, uh, that says, look, this is what we're going to do should these events happen. And so having a good plan, not just the dream, not just the vision, but what is everybody going to do? What's their role? What's their responsibility? And what is the dollars that associate with that? That's number four.
0: Okay, let's go on to point number five now.
1: So point number five is the part that keeps you from backsliding. And it builds in two points portions of accountability. The first one is measures. And that is we measure how well we're doing against the plan, right? So we said we were going to get $96,000 a week. Well, there's a sales plan. So how are we doing it? Um, Are we collecting cash? Are we uh, measuring our EBITDA, our earnings before income tax depreciation and amortization, which is a big measure of the health of a company? Are we measuring our free cash flow? What are some of the measures we need to put in place that tells a story before the actual crisis hits so that we can act on it so i create this what i call a ceo dashboard with the companies and i just help them define their measures so that they can see how they're doing it's a report card that's up front that needs to be fed right by somebody they have to put the information in but measures is one the second one is i advise to have an advisory board people mentors who've been there, done that, they've ran this type of business and or they have a specific type of specialty tied to your strategy. You're trying to beef up uh, with people, get someone in that's going to help with HR, uh, human resource. You're trying to figure out how to streamline your your, your organization so that then you want to look for additional funding. Let's get somebody that uh, has experience in raising capital. Um, and what I do is I typically serve as the chair because I'm the organizer with the project management experience and leverage my network, their network, and also make invitations out to people to look, to put yourself in a position where you're accountable, just like a CEO is to a board of directors. And I think that's very helpful if the, if the small business owner is open to it. And that keeps you from saying, I don't want to do this anymore, Uh, it, it keeps you on track. Everything's not going to be linear path. You're going to run into issues, but you also don't have to be in it by yourself.
0: That's important. That's very important.
1: Yeah. So let's
0: change track for a minute. Sure. What What would be your golden pearls of wisdom for a business to change it from a vision to a reality?
1: Uh, the The first thing is open yourself up and allow yourself uh, to be coached. Not necessarily by me, but think about who you could go to. There are there are tons of people. I mean, just like the organization Score, for example, it's, it's created by people who have been part of businesses that are there to help you. But we, as small business owners, we don't trust anybody and we feel like we have to do everything ourselves. So Understand business is a team sport, open yourself up. The other thing is spend time learning about capital dollars, cash management. Uh, Get yourself an accounting professional, but learn yourself and get yourself in the habit of financial reporting. Treat your business just like you treat your pocketbook, but treat it well and mind the uh, inflows and outflows and put systems in place to manage through both uh, people and systems to manage through both. And I guess the third is if you're going to try something and you commit to it, commit to it for at least a year. I mean, don't do the whole New Year's Eve resolution that you're going to commit to something that you give up, you know, within the first month or two, like just. Go ahead, work that process, because you'll find out that you'll get further by working your process and learning and adjusting than you would just giving up on it and going back to your old habits.
0: That's pretty important. I I would suggest that a person should work on it for at least three years, because corporate cycles are much longer than what we realize.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, when I'm telling people to build muscles, so to speak, and I write about this in the book, if they did it for a year, I, I'm, I bet you they will do it for two years and three years and four years and five years. They, they make it a habit and a lifestyle. And that's where Stop Working, Start Living comes from.
0: Yeah, that's pretty important. Well, how can our listeners find out more about you, your world,
1: and your book? Absolutely. So the first place you go is to my website, www.cljassoc.com. And from there, it'll take you to every place, but I'll tell you the places it's going to take you. It's going to take you to take what I call my visionaire scorecard, which allows you to evaluate where you are in what's called the visionaire spectrum. And that is, you know, from vision to reality. Where are the specific areas in the five ports in the five uh, parts of the steps where you fit? It's also going to take you to where you can buy my book, like Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. It's going to take you to my social media, which is uh, LinkedIn Curtis L Jenkins or uh, Facebook at the Curtis Jenkins and Instagram at the Curtis Jenkins, and it'll also take you to, if you want me to speak to your groups, um, to my uh, speakers bureau, NAL speakers bureau. So that's a one-stop shop, but I gave you the locations of everything else. If, should you want to find me outside of my website?
0: Yeah, I think that's important because if they can find you, they'll be able to access what you have.
1: That's right. You'll also find me on YouTube.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's important too. Because people hang out in different areas. That's right. Yeah, so good. I just kind of thank you so much for making a very difficult process easy for
1: us today. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I've always said, uh, and and I get pushback, that I'm lazy. And what I I don't mean that I'm lazy because I do work hard, but... I modeled the masters, and over the years, uh, I've been afforded the opportunity to work with some really great people, and at the same time, using the creative side of my mind, finding out where the pitfalls are and and how people think, because I think like them or used to, and knowing that you have to bridge the gap between where a person is and where they want to go, and helping them do that. And when I finally figured out how to do that after spending an hour or two with a person and inspiring them, I wanted to be able to share this with the rest of the world, which is how I can help a thousand small businesses uh, thrive seven and eight figures. Well,
0: oh, that's important. You know, and I'm going to say another little model, yeah. a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's so right. don't let the process deter
1: you. That's right. That's right. And and I love it. In the book, it talks about what Desmond Tutu said. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> yeah, Somebody exactly. serves an elephant on a plate, you're going to be like, no way. But one bite at a time. <laughs> that's the way you got to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, I got to thank you, Curtis, for helping us today
1: and helping businesses today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out on my website, because there's information there that can help you as well. And I'm also a professional speaker, so I can help your company on its journey to thrive as well. Bye for now. Have a fantastic day. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate, To learn more, go to NoBull.biz.